Separate up. It's about to go down. Hey, uh, Marcus. Yes. You like movies? Yes, I do. Hey, Ron. Do you like movies? Oh, hell yeah. All right. Well, this is Zebras in America, uh, brought to you by Chicharrones, comic books, uh, club soda, vitamins and minerals, and uh, and mothers. We love mothers. Uh, this is episode 77. This is, you know, like the Clash song or, or the, the theory of when two sevens clash. And this is a really awesome episode because, as you heard from the intro, we have a guest, Ronald Wimberly, who is uh, who is a dope artist. Uh, you may know him from uh, his work on Prophet, Prince of Cats, uh, Black History in Their Own Words, Lab, Sunset Park, Black Dynamite, the animated series. My one of my favorites, John Rimbaud, uh, work with Saul Williams, uh, Mishka, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Clapping back at mainstream comics media, and uh, I have we have a funny story of how you and I met, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, a long time ago. What? what how long ago was that? Six years ago. Damn. Almost six. Yeah. So, wow. so I used to be a bartender, and I at this neighborhood bar in Park Slope, and you and your friends would come in on Sundays, mm-hmm. and and order order the lunch the lunch special mm-hmm. or whatever that I kind of kept going just because I knew you guys liked it and. Like, my boss didn't like it. It wasn't, like, a good deal. But I was like, yeah, but these cool guys come in. Was it their commissar? Was that the name of it or no? Yeah, I wasn't trying to give that place (laughs) (laughs) shine. I mean, it doesn't exist anymore anyway, but it doesn't exist. Uh, I got fired. Um, Really? Yeah. I didn't hear the end of the story. No, just like, you know, I put a lot of, you know, I thought I was right and the boss thought uh, he was right. Mm. uh, Well, they're out of business. They have a different name, oh, but I'm not. I'm not giving them. Okay. I'm right. not. They can't get that advertising, you know. Um, and you would come in, and I, and I somehow through some sort of connection, I, I realized that you were the dude that had done at the time out of print, Vertigo mm. comic Prince of Cats, which yeah. is a retelling of the story of uh, Mercutio, right? Yeah. yeah. No, no, well, no. Mercutio's in there too. Like, no, I, my well, brain's my brain's not. Yeah, it could be Mercutio. That could be like another one. No, it's it's Tibble. It's Tibble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and it was like you used the pentameter, and mm. you had like this this Brooklyn story that was just awesome. And me and my friend DJ Snafu were huge fans, and I thought it was really stupid that it was out of print. It was, mm. and I I would I think try it to just come out too. Like, I mean, if it was if it was around six years ago. That have been yeah. I mean, like it. It like came just, out and then went out of print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was that it was that stupid yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, you don't have to yeah. say anything about <laughs> about it. I can. I think my opinion is well known. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, well, stupid. one thing I like about you is 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 your outspoken opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for better or worse. For better. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, like. We we're given our gifts and tools, and it's up to us to do what we do with it. Mm. And I think I think it's really awesome to see creators be like, no, no, no. But we'll 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 get into some of those fun things that that I've seen. And okay. um, yeah, just remember because you had also done sentences with MF Grimm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which I was, think we probably talked about that. We must talk about that because I, I knew mean, you were in the music. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I was I was a rap producer for almost twenty years. Mm. I sort of rap produce now, but mm. not really, because um, I also like. I feel like we have we run in similar circles because you know, yeah, you know you Miles know, and them or Fresh. You know Fresh, Fresh Daily. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Seven yeah. X. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. By, by many names. By, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I know he's going by Adam 7X. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. yeah he... Yeah. No, that's that's family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you did you did art for his Black Ryu mm-hmm. record. Actually... That yeah. record's really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank thank him. But, like, yeah, I'm, I'm part I'm the visual. You, yeah, the visual, the visual. The <laughs> visual. It's very connected. Yeah, he's, yeah. man... Yeah, that's that's my brother. He actually is um, in Prince of Cats. He's the Samson character, like his mom. Oh wow! Like, that yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Because yeah. I I've actually never met him in person. I just know him oh, because because he engineered a record I made with Cavalier. Oh, okay. Called the Offering, and then uh, one time he posted on Instagram uh, some secret, you know, Izakaya restaurant that mm. I didn't know about. And he was oh, like, it's work. secret. So I, so, I, <laughs> so I DM'd him. I'm like, yeah. hey man, uh, do you think do you, would you would you tell me where it was? And he did. And then I went there, and I obviously when someone recommends me something, mm-hmm. I always send. I, I I I believe we have to. T- I believe we. Sh- it's our duty to tell people when what they've done has has affected our lives mm-hmm. positively, and it's up to us when we want to tell people if they've impacted our lives negatively, mm-hmm. but absolutely positively. Yeah. Because I had a fantastic dinner, and I sent him. I sent him a message, and he. His message was so. Yeah. It was like such a. I was like, oh, what an enthusiastic, yeah. kind dude. Because he was like, yeah, oh, try this, try that, try this, try that. And I was like, yeah, man, thank you. Yeah. And this is someone I've never met. Mm-hmm. But he just has this very like, like, I want to share. Because some pe- some people, some New Yorkers, I think he's from Milan, but that's New York. Mm. Um, don't like to share their mm. secrets. Their secret New York. Hmm. Well, I think maybe they want to preserve it for themselves. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but it's it's a funny thing. We say, you know what? I'm starting to I'm trying to like pull apart is something about New York, right? Mm. And I think it's it's more pertinent now than ever. Which is like, what is it? Because New York is made up of so many different types of people and people from so many different places. And there is a New Yorker, and we need to admit this. There is this New Yorker who is. Maybe I feel like the proud New Yorkers are like they're they not that exclusively that they just got here, but there's a type of New Yorker who comes here who's like, Well, this is what it is, it's this moment, it's this one immutable thing, and like I know it and I don't want to share it. And you know, and I'm not, and I don't think that is it's a type of New York, it's not all of New Yorkers. There are a lot of old New Yorkers who've come here and like, or they live here, or they're multi generational, right? And I think. They're like, no, let me tell you about all of these great things. You got to go here. You got to go there. And there are other New Yorkers who also just got here who are like, well, they're engaged in the project of making New York, you know, this thing that grows and is always changing. You know, like at one point, like Andy Warhol was a new New Yorker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the people who come here and who change the city for better or worse, you know, but it continues Andy Warhol to Andy Warhol changed the city. Yeah. <clears throat> for better or worse, yeah, yeah. Because there's both there's mm-hmm. both positives and negatives exactly. yeah, yeah. to to just Andy Warhol, and mm-hmm. and I think anyone who thinks that New York is monolithic is is really being very naive. Yeah. Because also, does anyone say that? Yeah, yeah. People yeah. think that plenty of people think that their experience is the only mm-hmm. experience. Oh, okay. And, or the one that they've read. Or about, the one right? they've read about. But <laughs> but as as I always point out to people, because like I'm my a, mom's side of the family, right. Yeah, so I guess I just answered my question. Yeah, they've a lot of my mom's immediate family has never been to been to New York City, period, or just outside of South Carolina, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So when they hear New York City, they immediately just think of like 
Manhattan skyscrapers, Empire State Building, like that's all this. And that's here, that's so. not even and without having that's not even all Manhattan, you know, because there's like no. there's that part of Manhattan. There's Murray Hill, there's Curry mm-hmm. Hill, there's Spanish Harlem, there's Central Harlem, there's Washington Heights, mm-hmm. there's Chinatown, you know, there's like, and so I'm a fourth generation New Yorker, and I always tell people that I'm a hick, mm-hmm. I'm a townie. Mm-hmm. It's just a big ass town. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I've never left. My family never left. They got here and they're like, oh, we like it here. Mm. Like, all my friends I grew up with, we still know each other. Mm. We all dated the same batch of people. <laughs> like, even when we meet people from New, not New York, we end up, like, all being friends. Mm. Just how, like, like before I didn't even know you, but we were connected. Me and Marcus have connections upon connections that we still figure out. Mm-hmm. Sorry for touching your knee. Um, and, <laughs> and I just say, yeah, like, like... New York is very complicated. Even like in Henry James Washington Square, which came out in the eighteen hundreds, this dude's like this dude leaves for five years and he comes back. It's like New York's changed. Mm-hmm. So the only constant I just go inside and come outside again, and it happens sometimes. I go yeah. for a long weekend. I come back. I'm like, holy shit, dude! There's an apothecary <laughs> that just opened up in my neighborhood, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, it's a wrap. I, you know, I've, it's a wrap. That, apothecary. To that turning point, the one thing, although. Like, for example, Friday night, I wanted to step... I live in St. Albans, which is where I was born. I wanted to step out and, like, go get something, but it's, like, my only options are Dunkin' Donuts and 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. But the fact the same people, when I walk the street, know that I'm Willard's son because that's where my family's from. Mm-hmm. So there's a very, like, small town. It does make me appreciate St. Albans more in mm-hmm. the fact that it's, like, people still know each other. It's a, it's a town. Like, people grew up there. But it's still New York City, but sometimes I don't feel like I'm in New York mm-hmm. City because I'm walking down a street front lawns, backyards, like trees, everything. I'm like, this is tech, this is Queens, this is New York mm. City, but it doesn't. And there's yeah. also parts of Queens where you're actually not sure whether you're geographically in Long Island yeah. or, or Queens. I just learned that they call a lot of people, local folks, they call Valley Stream, Valley Queens, because it's like that border. Yes, yeah, it's, it's you, I never, there, I never they, heard that before. I mean, there's certain, like over there is certain zip codes. I mean, yeah, zip code would, would differ, differentiate whether you live in yeah. Long Island or something, but yeah. yeah to so I first got introduced to your work through seconds mm. I'm not seconds because I'm looking at your book seconds. from first seconds because oh. <laughs> uh, first yeah. we were talking we, we were talking about the Andre the Giant too. seconds yes yeah. oh John Frankenheimer yeah. we're talking about yeah that's a that's a both very influenced and influential movie like that, that that's an important movie in the center where it's just like a lot of the that that warped intro the opening credits mm, with the warped faces yeah. that's total like David Lynch, Blue Velvet, Elephant Man, but then 1920s, like, uh, you know, like, Gene Epstein's work. Like, I, I'm, I'm big into movies like that that are, mm. like, heavily influenced, but then also influenced mm. other things. Yeah, seconds Cause, is great. Because we're tofu, man. Mm. Mm. You know, we, we absorb flavor, mm. and then we impart flavor. Um, yeah, so sentences, like... <laughs> <laughs> Does he say that all the time? Is yeah, that like his thing? Stuff okay, like that. Talking. I've never heard that okay, specific. Yeah, that's an interesting one. No, I say yeah. I say things and then Marcus laughs, <laughs> which is you know hopefully it's because I'm you know saying something mm-hmm. funny, not because I'm embarrassing myself. We're tofu. Yeah, I like that. People are tofu. I, I think. hope I'm like the sort of fermented, you know, like the you know like the funky, the yeah, good yeah, funky, funky stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean I prefer the funky stuff, but like I'm on a weird diet, so. The only I can really only mess with black soybeans right now, mm. and I'm finding out about them. They're nice. Yo, I don't even know about that, man. I just so like I've become that person that talks about their diet all the time, mm. not even on purpose. Mm. Now I understand why people that are vegan talk about their diet. It's just mm. like 
eating is part of your life. Mm-hmm. It should be. It's good to be deliberate about things. I'm very deliberate now yeah, yeah. because I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I grew up where food was a form of punishment. Food was a mm-hmm. form of celebration. Food was my my anxiety drug and my anti-anxiety drug. Mm-hmm. So now I'm being very deliberate about my eating and I think about everything I eat. And so like, but I was like, man, I miss beans. Mm-hmm. And so like the only bean you can eat on the diet I'm on is our black soybeans, which are really high in fiber and low in net carbohydrates mm. so i've been i've been really i've been really liking those because i because mm. yeah, i miss beans i wonder did you use those as a substitute in other bean type recipes well i'm working on i'm theori- i'm theorizing a a uh a roast con pollo mm. with cauliflower rice and black Yo, soybeans. cauliflower rice it's though. awesome it's really yeah good. it's so really good, good. Do you yeah. get it prepared or do you make it? It's really... You can come frozen and then you heat it up and spice it up. It's really easy to make, frozen, but, but Trader Joe's, which, exactly which has the, the price differential of fresh cauliflower and rice cauliflower at Trader Joe's is minuscule. Mm. Um, however, I am a big proponent of making my own zucchini noodles. Oh, you know what I did is a spaghetti squash. I made spaghetti and meatballs. That shit was... That sounds delicious. Wow. You, man... Yeah. Yeah, because then it adds like another <coughs> another dimension. Because mm-hmm. most pasta in America is made from like not the best stuff, mm-hmm. but it's delicious. I'm mm-hmm. like I hate oh, I like that. saying stuff like that. I'm yeah. I grew up in Carroll Gardens, mm-hmm. so right. like before there was Prozac, mm-hmm. there was there was <laughs> there was a side of spaghetti. Yeah. And I'm not even Italian, but in the neighborhood you're kind of you know it's just like Scott, come here. Mm-hmm. Like I used to go to a place where they used to give you. They would look at you, and that would determine how big of a plate you got. Mm. So, like, a, like a, a, a fellow like me would get, like, heaping spoonfuls. But, but also, if you're slim, you might get more because, you know. Oh, yeah. Muncher. Exactly. Yeah, you got to get big. You gotta... Or there was, that, there, was a, there was a restaurant in Park Slope back in the day where they, they would say family-style plates feeds two Italians or four yuppies. <laughs> which, are, which, which I wow. loved. Yeah. And which, which, I, which I feel like you can't even say that without being offensive now. No. But I don't know. Like, you mean without offending? Yeah. Because yeah. maybe those two things are different. <laughs> Shit. No, I think you're... I, think you're, I, think you're I right. mean, it's a, you know, like uh, offending... I guess offensive is definitely, if you think of it, subjective, right? Right. You know. So, I mean, there's probably... I think it, it's also fine because I think real Italians... Would appreciate oh, that I don't saying. think the Italians are the people that and, got but but I also don't know some yuppies don't know that they're yuppies so they wouldn't even know right. to be offended <sighs> or not. Well, when especially when, today, like when, yuppies today, I, I don't. Even I would I would disagree. I feel like well, there there are many different types of yuppies. Yeah. But yuppies that started from like hipster cloth mm. are well aware of their yuppiness. Mm. Well, isn't that kind of what a a hipster is? A hipster is well. Where we are now, right? Yeah. Maybe going from like, you know, the mid two thousands till now, I think it's like, yeah, you know, a uh hipster is a yuppie who is performing a sort of uh, uh commodified identity, right? That is you know, it's it's got like it's different things that you purchase and you buy to kind of like condition your appearance and mm-hmm. your identity to that of someone who's more kind of like um, artistic. I feel like it was the commodification of the 
art school dropout almost. You know what I mean? It's like you find, you know, like you buy records, you wear, you know, snapback hats originally or, you know, whatever the hell it was and whatever it is now. You know, you look like a punk or you got tattoos or you got whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, oh, you're not a yuppie, right? You're a... a cool guy. You're a cool guy. I mean, you bought then, all of the right you things. You bought all the right things. <laughs> and then, and then, but then you get into cheese. And once you start getting into cheese. Oh, so it's going back around. Yeah, yeah the, cheese, the, cheese, <laughs> the cheese turned hipsters into yuppies. Oh. But like. And but the, snobs. And too. the cheese, I mean, there's a lot of snobbery in. in I went to it. There's well, my hipsterism. Friend, my friend lived in Greenpoint. It's all snobbery. And I went to get a. I was asking for a sandwich and I saw. They had all kinds of stuff I couldn't pronounce, but they also had like. Swiss, Provolone, whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, I can't get such and such with cheddar. And the guy was like, we don't really have cheddar. We're kind of different here. And the way what? he said that, I, I was like, what does that even mean? Like, what mm. does that even mean? And I was like, never mind. I didn't, I didn't. I First just, of all, yeah. look, we're what not, does that even mean? We're not giving the yuppies cheese, man. Like, cheese is like, I don't know. There's a way of thinking about the cheese, but it's like, you know, it's a way of, it's a way of keeping fats or certain things, you know, through the winter. You know, like that's... Cheese is one of the original hustle foods. You know what I mean? Like mm. it is. It's keeping something that was fresh. Yeah. So you can eat it later. It's all funky. Yeah. It's like it's it's, it's super decomposed mass. It's, decom- you know? it's, it's yeah. decomposed milk curds. Yes. Yeah. And you need you like yeah. And it's it's ingenious. It's funny because I was talking to to my to my partner before we got here, trying to like. You know, get the brain going because I wanted to make sure my brain was working good today. About how like commodification and and like capitalism and greed created some of these like social hierarchies and mm. factors of oppression. Like just figuring out how to preserve food is is a huge reason why so many like papal decrees and other forms of suffering have created because it was like you you go to the west they figured out how to preserve food native americans Mm. jerky jerk chicken all that comes from figuring out how to keep that food good Mm. how to keep that food preserved so you could eat it and then you go to the east and you have someone figured out like oh let's take the juice of these beans and turn it into a protein that Mm. we can eat later Mm -hmm. that's that's ingenious Mm -hmm. And also, people are dying of starvation. This is thousands of years ago. Yeah. And someone figured out, man, this bean juice is, is great. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's tofu. When it's hard when it's hard times, there's this, right? Yeah. You have it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, like, if we take this porridge and leave it out in the sun, it ferments and, well, and then becomes this, mm-hmm. yeah. Or the cabbage. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Oof, pickles. Yeah, let's, let's just put cabbage in the ground. Yeah. And see what happens. I'm more confused at how they figured out how, like, ground shark was a thing, but... Is that the one from... That's from Poisonous Norway. Shark? Yeah, yeah. They do some weird stuff. Like, lutefisk is, is essentially poison. Mm-hmm. It's like poison fish. You can't fish. eat it fresh. No. Yeah. It'll, it will kill you. There's a few things like that, though, right? Like, there's mushrooms that are like that, too. Like, if you cook them, they're like... Uh, you can eat them cooked, but, like, raw, they'll kill you. I was listening to some podcasts. Uh, oh, that's... Oh, what was, there was a movie about that recently. Was like, oh, that movie... I love that movie. Um, and I can't think of it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What a phantom thread. Fan- oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. Is that what you meant? That's like, yeah, yeah, like, you have to cook it right, or it could, like, in his case, poison. So, yeah. Well, I don't want to... I guess that movie's still new-ish. I don't want to spoil yeah. it for folks, because that's, like, a big part of that movie. But mm-hmm. Mushrooms, yeah. yeah. Mushrooms. Yeah. I um, felt seen. Hmm. Huh? I felt seen. 
Huh? Well, personal because of like it, just the the notion of um, uh, art practice as a sort of uh, maybe at times like a a proxy for um, a sort of familial intimacy, or also um, shit, yeah, proximity, like art practice, you know, kind of, and I think a lot of artists can probably relate to this um and it's like tenuous connection to like self-value you know what I mean and kind of not not having this relationship with the practice where you both need it and it's maybe harmful to you and the loved ones around you I mean it's it's often harmful Mm -hmm. at least like often when you're working towards recognition maybe it's a little less harmful when you're able to commodify it. You think so? I, I said maybe. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, he, this character has commodified it. And at a certain point, um, well, I'm, we, you know, like, if you guys want to watch the film, like, you might, like, you know, skip ahead a little bit. But, like, um, when the sister, there's a moment where this gentleman, this main character, doesn't want to go to this party, right? Yeah. And because, um, Really, I think the character understands that, you know, they've, you know, like they're selling out. They're giving a piece of themselves to, you know, survive. And like, they don't want to be attached to this spectacle any more than they have to be. But then the sister's like, yo, she bought, she bought, her dresses bought this house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo ass gonna go to that fucking party. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that sense, it's like, it's a trap, man. But also, so this, this, this is a great way to, so sentences, mm. uh, which you did with MF Grimm, yeah, yeah. is right. a story of his life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I knew him, well, not personally, but I knew his music from, from like being a young guy on 456, Cool mm. G Rap. I was just going to say then yeah. To then showing up later, mm. sounding very different. And, and I remember like running, I was, I was on vacation in San Francisco and I found out the downfall of Iblisk was mm. out. And I ran, and I was a fat kid, so that was that was a thing. And I, you know, I ran to Amoeba Records to to get it. I think it's funny because that that was that was a world renowned that was a renowned graphic novel. Mm. It's been mentioned on other podcasts that, oh, yeah. that he's been interviewed on. And, oh wow, and talks cool. About. Yeah. And yet, how many people read that and listened to Downfall of Iblis? Because mm. you're talking about like art and this sort of like so. Like how many people will will watch a movie about a person and then look at their work, mm. or they've done it enough? Like I read this thing <laughs> about MF Grimm's story, so I don't need to hear his art. Because mm. I because I, I know I remember I think a lot of people don't check out the art about the genre that's presenting. Mm. Is that I mean? I don't know I I don't know about the genre. I think in this one of the positive things that gets overlooked because everyone is just like. Oh, phones are bad. I actually love my phone. I'm gonna be honest, but I'm I'm I know a lot. It's like a. It, I think it's become a thing now. You see something, you immediately go to Google. You immediately go to Wikipedia. Not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people I know. Cause like from the digging generation too. You know, I was just okay. You, I was. I'm glad you said. I was just gonna say, but maybe because I was born in 1981, exactly the digging generation. So like, I always knew about MF Grimm, and I knew he was in the com. I didn't even know about that comic mm-hmm. until after I heard him on the cipher, and it was totally like. For me, it's like, wait, there's something about MF Grimm I don't know about, mm-hmm. and then I went and researched. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 I like to think people 
dig. But now, now you're having me think it's a generational thing. Maybe I'm so. not because some kids have technology at their fingertips and don't and the, don't look into it. I'm just. I think it's the difference between those uh, blogs that can't that we had kind of like, I don't know, like post post LimeWire. I had all those music blogs versus mm-hmm. like a Tumblr or an Instagram where it's like used to be you have to find a blog out on the even then right even you had the world at your fingertips but you'd have to find someone's greasy little backwater blog and get like all the streams and whatever not streams oh, yeah. but all like their little flat things or whatever you know yeah. you, it was awesome when they were flax yeah 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 you know like you could go and you could you know you know purloin or whatever the hell you want to call it right. find all like, these. even even, <coughs> even one of the movies that you said you wanted to talk about in on today, mm. I had never even heard of. Mm. And I feel like if it wasn't for this generation, I wouldn't have been able to find it, mm. uh, which was uh, Ninja... Bugecho. Yeah, Bugecho. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I know Oshima. Mm. We're familiar with Oshima's oeuvre, mm. but I had never seen that. Mm. And I found I found a link on a streaming site, and it had like a hundred... It had like a minuscule amount of views. So it's out there. <clears throat> And I think I remember when we first met, I, you know, I gave you I wonder a how good your copy is. Maybe your copy is better than my copy. <laughs> so, so the, the yeah. audio and video is awesome. Mm. The, the subtitles leave a little to mm. be desired. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was like, I do believe like the animated history documentary is the way of the future, mm. even though this came like 50 years ago. Mm. But I feel like... How do you mean? Like describe... Real, real quick. I want to say it about sentences like before we go too far. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, we do that. Yeah, yeah. Before we, we go, go too lots far, of places. I want to say like some merit to the work and the experience of the work. Um, I think of sentences as one of his works, right? Like, yeah. So if I were like, maybe I'm like the producer on it or I'm like, you know, I made the beats for him. You made I the gave beats. him the space to like, that's, that's one of his works, right? Absolutely. So like, that's how I see it. So um, it isn't necessarily... Uh, just like a work referencing his work, like this is another. This is that is Percy's, you know, graphic sure, novel. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like so. In that sense, I think anyone who's experiencing that book, they're experiencing his work, not just a, a reference to his work. So like, um, mm. yeah, it's not his music, right? It references his music, right? So just like maybe one record references a literary work, you know, like it's not necessarily that literary work, it's his work, right? Like it's not the Quran or whatever, or like whatever story of like Jinn or whatever. It's right, like it's, 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 and it's not, it's still a primary source. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so that, I just wanted to say that, you know. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the thing about my thoughts is that I'm, I'm, I'm probably wrong half of the time. No, I mean. It's just like, it's, <laughs> it's theories. I'm just, you know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. out loud. Yeah, I, I mean, some people aren't going to, uh, you know, some people aren't going to think about it like this. Um, I have like, I have this book of plays in front of me. Like, I might never see any of these plays. And like, that's how you're supposed to experience them, right? But like, I, I may, I may, for me, they're like, a, they're literary works. I may never hear or hear the libretto or whatever, you know, like. I might just be reading that shit. Right. Also, like, Bertolt Brecht is out of fashion. So. Yeah, is, is he? Why? Right so. now? I think so. I don't know. People like all that. I don't know. I Because uh, I could spend four hours talking about Hamilton and the mm. downfall of of taste. Oh. But, <laughs> you know. And sometimes I do, just so I don't record yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. 
Shit, I could probably talk a little bit too. I but think we all can talk about yeah. how <laughs> tone in all of our voices. I remember, I remember. So when when we first met, I had given you a copy of Nova mm-hmm. by Samuel Delaney. Which I'm embarrassed I haven't read. That's fine. Yeah. I if I give someone a book, mm-hmm. they have twenty years to read. It. Okay, dope. Because it's a lot well, to ask. Well, it's well, a lot quarter, to ask someone. Quarter through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot to ask someone to read a book. Hmm. It's not like watching a movie or listening it's to. It's not a big book, though. Right. I didn't give you. I purposely didn't give you Dahlgren because okay. because that book's like enormous, hmm. and it's difficult to read. <coughs> it's like it's it's compli- Yeah, it's an interesting one. But I remember we were talking about a Cry of Jazz, hmm. um, way back in the day, and that was. That was, you know, the documentary about, about uh, there's, a, there's Sun Ra pre, mm. pre-space stuff. And, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, it's about, it was, it was the inspiration for Afropunk. The documentary? Yeah, the documentary, not, not the, not the um, concert yeah. series. Uh, <laughs> That's another conversation. Yeah, put, no comment. Put a pin in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I like the documentary. Yeah, me too. Because, um, yeah, it, you know, I had... I, Growing up, like, adjacent to the hardcore punk movement, because I grew up mostly listening to rap music, but, like, I did remember, like, seeing experiences like that, and I'm like, that... So when, when the film came out, I was like, I can't wait to watch this, because I want to I wanna understand, you know, I was interested. Oh, those, those kids. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, every... I used to go to hardcore shows, yeah. and they're, like, I, I remember, like... And I remember a bunch of kids I knew grew up, Growing up, we're in the movie because, mm. like, there you know, it was a smaller circle within mm-hmm. a small circle. It's not yeah, like they're memorable. It's like you know, it's not like oh, man. like hardcore punk rock isn't gigantic mm-hmm. anyway. So, you know, I remember like I, I was like, I wonder if my friend Yada Yada is going to be in this movie, and he was. I remember, I remember she's you know, so Spooner makes comics. No, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like he's completely out of movies. He made like one movie uh, after. True. I haven't seen it. I didn't see the other one. I haven't either, but I know that he made one. And he was inspired by The Cry of Jazz. And when I was a kid, I wanted to see that movie, and I had to run to a library to watch it. Where now, it's on YouTube. Oh, wow. So that was was how. So, like, how, like, Ninja Buge Show? Buge Show. Is there, Mm -hmm. but I have to know to look for it. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't have a lot of views. Mm -hmm. And it's brilliant. It's, It's, from what I gather it's literally just filming a, a manga yeah, and then yeah. adding voice and music to it yeah yeah and i'm sure that there's some big actors on it too i know <laughs> That's like, crazy. Like, i was doing some research and i'm like this is this is no small feat mm-hmm. but it's it's just he it's brilliant he's like oh i'm just gonna film the manga one of the guys in that i'm not sure which character one of the guys in it it's been a while since i saw it he actually is in that other film I talked to you about called um, Samurai Spy. He's one of the ninja in that film. It's funny. Like he's in a few. He's also in this other one called like uh, uh, the Seven. I think the Third Ninja, which is funny because like the Third Man, not the Third, third Man, Third Ninja. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and I, I just I thought that movie was so cool, and I feel like do you remember the cartoon The Max? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like it had to have known about that because mm. I re- You can watch some of those episodes on a streaming website that you may have heard of. You mean just like the um, just the formal aspect of yeah, it? the formal kind of aspect like, of like it's a drawing, but then it's kind of moving. It's plain planular. Yeah, sort of, yeah. A lot and of attention to framing more. Framing. Than, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, and now there's a lot of 
now there's a whole genre called motion comics mm-hmm. where where that's what it is I feel about I feel about a lot of those the way you probably feel about Hamilton hmm. I feel about those the way I feel about Hamilton. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the Oshima thing is interesting because Oshima, think, that's a that's yeah. a good film. Yeah. yeah. But sorry, that was like, but that was also it comes off as a feeling is like um, that was their that was a problem like that they tried to solve like there was something they wanted to do and I don't know the details about I don't know I have my own sort of, sort of like. Um, narrative or story that I believe about uh, Shirado Sampe, the guy who uh, made uh, Ninja Bukecho the manga. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like, because he was, he was a, um, he was out as a Marxist and, um, or a student of like Marx, uh, the writing, right? Yeah. And sort of had that critical framework in regards to like class. Sure. And I think Though we have, there were adaptations of his work because he was huge. Um, I feel like he kind of got, he kind of got like, what's it, hamstrung or whatever? What do you call it? Like cut up, cut off at the heel, you know. And it's it's not. I'm not surprised that we didn't really see the work on the level of. Even though there is a feature of one of there is a feature animation. I don't know how involved he was in it, but like he's not like Tezuka. Right? No, and we don't know about we don't know about him here. Like nobody talks no. about. Him. I mean, that's that's the power of that's the power of language, mm. because if you don't like, you can just cut it off, and mm. yeah, as you said, keep people from seeing. Mm. And that's that's done with comics all the time. That's mm. even done with like things that would be popular mainstream, like the Incal. Mm-hmm. You couldn't read if you didn't know French mm. or Spanish back in the day. Yeah. And now, now everyone's like the Inkle, Moebius. Yeah, right. yeah. Talks, about me, talks about adapting into a movie, which yeah. the more I learn about that, I don't I mean, know if it can they, be done. They, they tried but, already with yeah. the Fifth Element. He's still, um, Jodorowsky's still alive. Like, if he wanted he's still to. alive, well, he's still making... Well, he passed the torch on Refn, which is like his student. Oh, like the, he, Re- like Refn, Refn was I, I supposed to make the Inkle, but there were issues over yeah. the copyright. And also, Hadarowski is still making movies, and exactly. some would argue that his movies now are better than his movies then. Mm. I 100% agree with that. I gotta get into. I haven't. I saw the documentary, but I didn't get the documentary. Oh, Yodorowsky's Dune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I haven't seen anything since. It looked. It looked weird. You know, I, I was. It is. Well, that's just him. He actually he didn't direct that. Like, but his his recent films are all yeah, very very good. They're really good. And so yeah, so you like you've been drawing. You've been working in comics for how long? It's like, I think my first published work was like 2003, so 15 years. 15 years, years. congratulations, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm getting up there. Yeah, and and the reason why I reached out to you, because we're a movie podcast, was when I had read that uh, yeah. that Prince of Cats is, is being, optioned, right? is optioned yeah, yeah, by yeah. Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, well, Legendary. Lakeith is attached to oh. Star. It's um, Legendary... Um, Selwyn Hines on script or adapting the script mm-hmm. um, and yes um, Lakeith attached to Star so which yeah. which, I was like this is great yeah, yeah. I, 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 <coughs> I, I DM'd you the, yeah. the second I read it because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was so happy for you I hadn't yo it got out before I knew about it because somebody like spilled like a little bird or something oh shit yeah, I yeah. didn't even know uh-huh. yeah 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 because as I was telling you before we recorded I think I think you're you're on the precipice of of I think when people see your art and see your work, 
they're going to connect to it. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I hope like the work does does good, you know. But let's say let's say worst case scenario that that you feel like maybe it doesn't live up to your your hopes. Oh. Which isn't going to happen. Oh, that's not even that's not even the worst case scenario like. I my okay, so I um I deconstructed uh Prince of Cats, as I would describe it, is a deconstruction of the romantic narrative using Romeo and Juliet, right? Okay. So that's what I did, and I made a work, right? Yeah. That references another work, right? Right. So when a film comes out in a new medium that references my work, like, let's see what it does, you know? Like, right. Um, you, if Prince of Cats was a shitty comic book, you wouldn't say like, oh, well, Romeo and Juliet is shitty. It's like, no. No. In the same sense that if, you know, Shakespeare had made a shitty play from, like, the prior works that had been Romeo and Juliet, you wouldn't have said, like, those prior works were shitty either, right? So, like, that's kind of how I look at it. And I actually, my book is going to be my book. Like, it can be judged on its own merits. Mm. The, um, the film may not even do aesthetically, like, may not have the same function as my work. Like, my work uses a lot of um and i don't expect everyone to even necessarily uh pick up that from the work but like i'm not sure that you know in order for someone to adapt like you can adapt the sort of aesthetics but you could also adapt like the political framework i mean i hope they adapt the political framework and i i i think you know, I, I can't speak for anybody, mm-hmm. but I know that that Sorry to Bother You was, was usually popular this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Boots, Boots Riley with Keith Stanfield. That was a fun movie. That was, you know, <laughs> the most fun I've had watching a pro-union film. Right. Like, ever, <laughs> you know, and, uh, like, we also, like, live now, thankfully, where if you say, like, I'm influenced by the, re- the writings of Marxists, mm-hmm. It doesn't end your career. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, you know, I'm in social work school, and when I sort of like revealed that I'm a socialist in class, like, I was like, oh shit, did I just fuck my shit up? Mm-hmm. Or, but then like people came up to me after class, like, what do you mean? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Do you believe that like we should share our grades? And I'm like, <laughs> no. Share our grades? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, people That's have funny. like preconceived right. notions of. Of what these things are. Mm. It's like, oh, does it mean like I can't have like nice things? Like, no. Mm. Does it mean like we have to share everything? No. Just like, I'm like, well, let's talk about mm. it. So yeah, I mean, the political in, I mean, I think that's why people gravitated towards it. I don't know. Mm. I can't, I can only speak for myself. I want to say as, as the artist and all of that too, do you, like, it sounds like you don't put the same amount of pressure I don't know what the word is on the film version because it's like there's things like when you draw there's, mm-hmm. like there's things like live act like that j- it just can't be done mm-hmm. yeah, like no, that's what like, like mid frame something like you can't do it so as the artist it's like I, I don't expect them to capture this frame this no, that no, this no, that I like it needs to look like yeah. a terrible film like, <clears> exactly I, okay I, I, yeah it's I, nice you know, to hear that the that, that's film really is really something right. different than like yeah, it's just exactly. completely I saw Watchmen and they they you know I think, yeah, when you try to, and well, even prior to Watchmen, Sin City, <laughs> yeah. Sin City was another example of like, 
a little pretentious and it was just it like I don't need it like the comics my script yeah. and they were trying to like recreate li- literal frames from, and it's not the same no. it just it's not the same films yeah. that never try to do that do it better like La Jete or something you mm-hmm. know what I mean like it's sort of the pacing or choosing the moments I mean good editing does something similar to maybe the one of the, the main formal problems of comics which is like uh, picking the moment Mm. Uh, and choosing where you're going to, what you're going to show versus what you're not going to show. Mm. I think certainly, but they're just two different mediums, man. Yeah. Like, and I they're think so different. They're so different. If you respect either, you wouldn't think that you could like do. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. That's a ridiculous. Thing. Yeah, it's so interesting that like they're even trying stuff sometimes that I, that I read in comics. I'm like, why? Mm. Like um, Mysterio. The the the, mm. the aquarium head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like why why would you make that into like mm, why? Yeah. Like because if you did there's already footage there's set footage. I know. And Although just, he's not wearing the thing. He, he's just it's every it's from the neck down. But that's the thing, it's like it'd have to be something filmic, right? You'd have to yeah, have I, a filmic yeah. interpretation yeah. of yeah. it. I don't I wouldn't say that it's impossible because like actually I think theater would be more interesting for for this character, but right. I mean, I saw I saw the Spider Man musical, mm. Turn Off the Dark, or whatever. Oh, word. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was so fucking awesome because it was what it was is was theater, right. and it was it was like terrible, mm-hmm. and it was incredible. Right. I had such a blast. Oh, word. And everyone every, like like whereas like Hamilton takes the music of the oppressed and gives yeah. it to the gives it to the oppressor mm. and then charges five hundred dollars so only certain mm. certain classes can see the film. Oh Spider- wow well, you summed that up pretty well there. I've worked on it. I've worked on it. Wow, really good. Yeah. <laughs> but we're also <laughs> what your time is. The, the bigger I, issue with Hamilton though too is now we have people <laughs> like like Nazis and so called mm. back Hamilton so like legitimate mm. rap folks because it, I think legitimate rap folks they're very fascinated by shiny things mm. and I think like you know for example like um, mm, I'm not going to name names mm. but like when certain people are given access to write someone's biography mm. over someone or like mm-hmm. hip hop folks who look nice in front of a, like hip hop pundits who look nice in front of a camera are given access to write about the history of hip hop versus folks who were there since day one mm-hmm. who aren't even that old like mm-hmm. people in their late 50s early 60s who are very smart and articulate mm-hmm. aren't given the opportunity. But you know what? I was actually at that park when that right. thing actually happened. I saw who yeah. got stabbed, or I know what white mm-hmm. label got played, or I know mm-hmm. who the, you know. They like actually know the breaks. Like, wow. You know, there yeah. was uh, two things that I do want to say, like where Hamilton like does all this other stuff. Spider Man, this was before like they're now making like All Dogs Go to Heaven the musical or like mm-hmm. now now everything's a musical. <laughs> this was just like Let's see what happens. Right, and I thought I thought it was awesome. Taylor, who also graduated from Pratt. Okay. So I just went there only to be entertained, Mm. and I and I was, so I was I was happy. Mm. Um, So I have I have some thoughts because also like, so, um, you you were you were you were working you did some work for the big two. Mm, yeah, yeah, ago. yeah. I mean, I had to pay rent like anybody else. Right, and because yeah. I remember when we first started uh, knowing each other, you you were just getting to start work on She Hulk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you did, you did, in my opinion, an incredible run on She Hulk. Oh, thanks. Um, who's who's a character who is? I'm star- I'm glad that that she's starting to get some mm. some love, 
but I'm also like sort of over the big two at this mm. point because it's just like so much everything's connected to making making more movies as opposed to just like telling great mm. stories and but I think that was um I think this was kind of like you can't deny what the comics were right you know yeah so like at a certain point why would you ever why would you ever create uh, a mode of production that just perpetuates these stories forever forever it's not particularly about telling a great story right no. it's not like oh well, i need to make this money to tell a good story it's like no we need to sell these comics every week and as many as possible well they, i mean they don't you know? i don't think they need to sell comics mm -hmm. well that's the thing they're preparing it so that there's a new sort They want of, to sell soft goods. The yeah, movies yeah. are the soft yeah, goods. Yeah. Where like people don't really like skateboard companies make their most money off of not skateboards. Mm. And comic books don't make that much money off of comics anymore. Well, the big two don't. I mean, there are other companies mm. that make stuff. I'm so glad that Image republished Prince of Cats. Yeah, me too. Because I used to want to I've been able to gift it to people because mm. that I wanted We're out of print again, but I'm working on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But you can still like get it on Amazon mm -hmm. for a reasonable price. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's and not you, crazy. you can gift it. I've gifted it to a bunch of people. I wanted to gift it five years ago mm -hmm. and it already, it was like a hundred bucks before. Mm -hmm. And if people can't access something, then, mm -hmm. you know, I believe in, I believe in art being accessible. Me too. And I also believe in artists getting paid and mm -hmm. getting, but one thing that, that I thought was really interesting, if you don't mind talking about it, was was the was the incident where you started talking about being asked to change the oh, skin yeah. tone of a comic character, and also just like your your willingness to 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 clap back or like talk about like, um, you know, lack of represent like lack of writing representation mm -hmm. in comics, when when like I don't know I've always enjoyed your tweets and tumbles and mm. uh, you were you were, <laughs> you were on TV recently with the the Serena Williams oh, cartoon yeah, yeah. and, you know, I don't think. I just I like I like watching. I think you're a smart dude, and I like seeing. I like I like I like what you have to say. So yeah, all right. I just brought up a lot. So yeah, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm like, what? What's the question? It um, wasn't a question. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I think about uh, a lot of that isn't really um, the essay was purposeful, right? But it was sure. more so to just like. I wanted to have a conversation. First, I'm going to tell my story a little bit, but I'm also going to try to have a conversation about like... Um, For our listeners, you want to do like a quick... Yeah, okay. Show. So I, I did this comic, not even a comic, man. I did like five pages, I think, uh, in, a, in what was like a jam book almost, mm -hmm. like a Death of Wolverine comic. Um, and... Uh, Wolverine is the only character whose name I can remember, but there's like a character who uh, dated Wolverine for a bit, and she's like, you know, Latinx, I guess you would say. Sure. Um, and she, uh, I don't know. I'm. I have to. I. I do all the pencil, ink, and color, um, and you know, I made. Which her, for listeners is you know, huge. Yeah, well, yeah, normally people, maybe in Marvel, they don't do all of the different parts. Yeah. Um, but it's just functional because, like, for my work, uh, especially sometimes I do something more lean clear, like, if there's or just a simple line, um, I have to balance the values on the page with the color. Oh, wow. Or else it'll look kind of 
you know, like it doesn't work. So like color is important. Um, if I was using blacks to kind of balance the page, uh, the values in the page, like I could control it more. So I prefer when I'm, I prefer to use color because I don't think my drawing holds up in a way to just any coloring, right? Okay. Um, so anyway, so I colored it and I made her a certain, uh, her skin tone a certain value and um, the editor came back with notes about lightening the, the skin color of the character, which I just thought was like... It's a weird specific thing. To yeah. Say. Yeah, it's a weird thing because it's like there's so many different values and hues in the comic. You got characters that are green, purple, whatever, whose skin color does not necessarily match the canon of what they are. Like there's the... Well, there is Apocalypse, right? Like uh, I guess a young Apocalypse and it's like, okay, so... They're kind of blue in this one. They're kind of purple in this one. Like they're lighter and darker. You don't say nothing though, right? Like yeah, there's no, there's no. Is there really like a a color canon bible? Right. You know, like and by what metric is that important? Which is the question. Right? I mean, it's obvious, right? It's, yes, I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's obvious. It's pretty obvious. It's obvious by what metric the skin color of this character is, because like, um, you know. There are other ways you might police the the model, you know, like mm -hmm. the figure of the character, sure. you know. Um, I didn't get any of those critiques. Um, I don't think, you know, yeah. Anyway. And you, you wrote, you wrote... I wrote an essay just like exploring, a comics essay exploring like why I felt some type of way. Yeah. Like why I didn't want to, you know, change the skin tone of the character. Um why I thought it was absurd, why I thought it was racist, and not racist in the sense of like an individual's act of racism, which also I feel like I have to explain too. You know, I have right. to explain like, it's not an act that you did. It's just literally, you're swimming in this, you know, river of racism. There's some, and, some textual performance yeah, of yeah, racism. Yeah, you're just, you're just moving along with it, right? Yeah. Like, um, so, yeah, and it's funny because like I've been around for long enough where I was still surprised that it was taken in a personal way. Which I mean, I'm, I understand. Like I've definitely taken things personal where I've been like when my behavior has been addressed, you know. So I understand that like the the um, you have that personal response, and then you also have sort of like the corporate response, which is like to ignore it unless it's addressed publicly and then sort of just like yeah but then 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 that can open up like a can of worms like when axel alonzo mm. said that that uh diversity in comics was affecting comedy uh, comic sales did he say that yeah okay. yeah he was like i don't know i think and then he like then he quickly was like that's not exactly what i was trying mm. to say and you know the the comic skate people who are just really mm. You know, and I'm not going to be sarcastic. Disgusting people uh, <laughs> really, really loved. They they lifted that because right. there was there was they were deliberately trying and remind you like a lot of the creators creating diverse characters were not diverse, mm. but like like Miles Morales was created by Michael Brian Michael Bendis was mm -hmm. you know, and Miles Morales isn't. Did you awesome. see what his father's name is? Miles Morales? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his father's name? He's like Andrew Jeff. No, is it Andrew? Oh, Jefferson Davis. Oh, boy. Hmm? His father's name is Jefferson Davis. I swear to God, uh, it's true. Okay. Um, okay. Anyway. That's, you know, so like, 
yeah, there there was there was Iron Man at the time was 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 a mm. was a black woman and Thor was Thor was a was a was a lesbian mm. and there was all this other stuff. They had all little you know uh, hyphenated humanity. Yeah, and <laughs> and but at the at the end of the day, it's still like a large corporation my telling whole thing these is stories. Like, like yeah, my whole thing is this too, right? All right, let's say okay, let's say I'll give it to you a hundred. You can say, all right, your sales dropped when you uh, incorporated these diverse characters. Let's say all of the production staff, like they're all white, but they still produce these great, you know, products that have, you know, the face of, you know, however many, what, whatever people mean when they say diverse, right? Right, because that's nebulous. It's right, right, right. But let's say they do that and the price did, and like the sales dropped. So I think a question then isn't necessarily, well, hmm, is what we did wrong? I think the question is, well, then what's your market? Yeah. Right. Because, and also, like, I don't... It's hard to say that also... I don't know. The thing is, like, also just, like, people that, you know, someone or myself or someone said that, you know, 4chan becomes 14 words real quick. Mm. That somehow comic some not all comic fans but some comic fans got radicalized mm. by fear of a gay batman mm. um and that's so weird mm. that 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 representation in comic books turns you into a proud boy mm. turns mm. you into someone who's part of the comics gate or this mm. dude who has this youtube channel i don't I, you know what i'm not giving i don't give free i don't give mm. free press for any mm. for anyone right, who's right, right. a dickhead um you know, in a couple hmm. comic books, people who have lost their careers and, and they're like, I feel bad for me. I'm like, I don't. I don't because like this misnomer, they're like, oh, well, well, comic books actually really were diverse. And now as we're being forced to be diverse. One, what does that mean? Hmm. Two, what does a couple women working at Marvel drinking a milkshake for for reference, there's a picture of, of some. Ah, uh, that's uh, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, there were there were a bunch of. I what's no this? Idea what's this? Going on. So yeah. th so there's some there were some women editors at Marvel, and they took a picture drinking milkshakes, mm -hmm. and a bunch of like alt writer alt right you know com started this thing called Comicsgate, which is which is as they can explain it as well as Gamergate. What mm. does it actually mean? Mm. Uh, it means, in my opinion fear of optically losing power because mm. I don't think I don't think white the white people right. are losing power anytime soon mm. but just there's there's more visible difference in some genre things well this is interesting because I never thought about this before this kind of also it just thinking True. about some things I hadn't thought about before and like the that paranoia is maybe connected to this sort of um which I feel is uh, a way of thinking about liberal democracy, which is that if there is a change, like you can precipitate like uh, a sort of political change through like, um, I don't know, uh, like, a li like liberal econ economics, right? So like if we change how China is functioning in the market, eventually our, our um, ideology about their political environment will change them, right? And I feel like it's almost, it's, it's like a similar, similar paranoia coming from these like, you know, Proud Boys or whatever, who are like, or, you know, Gamergate or whatever the fuck, where it's like, okay, well, if 
the spectacle of uh, equality and representation occurs like in our media, somehow it's going to change the, the very real power relations in our world, which is a question. Yeah, absolutely. Which is something like I... Um, it's uh, a reactionary conserva- yeah. actual conservation yeah. movement, mm. in my opinion. Mm. But I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, so like, it's interesting to me because um, I almost would like, I almost would say to them, it's like, oh, don't worry, because I actually don't believe that's necessarily true. Like, I think part of the sad and scary thing is, is that um, the spectacle can occur, you know, without changing the power relations. And like what you need to worry about is if it's at all possible for aesthetics to um, sort of politicize or create a a critical way of, of seeing and thinking. And like if Marvel is publishing it, chances are. It's not because the primary function of, of the book is to sell more books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's not political at all. The, the only reason why they're including these people is for them to be able to sell more of the comics so that you can continue to read them because your market base isn't big enough to support the books anymore. Yeah. So don't worry. Don't worry. Because yeah. <laughs> also it's all an illusion. Yeah. It's, all, it's all an illusion. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like um, you know, Black Panther was a was a particularly revolutionary no. movie in its politics. No. It was is an entertaining movie, mm. but its politics are very center left. Mm. If if left at all, mm. right? And so and like and then you're then I'm called a hater cuz cuz I had issues with the movie. But, you know, there there is there is a in the sunken place if I have issues. <laughs> no, it's been said before. Which is annoying cuz I, I enjoy that movie. Mm. It's entertaining, but I don't take it for anything more than entertainment. Right. Although I do see how, on a base level, if you're a small child and you're not used to seeing someone who looks like you'd be in a you know position, mm-hmm. that's cool. But when you get to being an adult, it's like it's it's a comic movie. There's nothing yeah. more to it. And then things, it's like, what you didn't think it was revolutionary? Many, oh, you're in the sunken place. Like many I, I, things I can be quite a bit. many things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. like representation being important and having a criticism of a movie can both exist. Mm-hmm. On, on the same on the same plane. Really loving a movie and criticizing it. That's like, nice. My favorite movie of of this de- post tenebris lux is the messiest movie. And there's things that like oh I wish that wasn't in there. But the mm. whole point of that movie is that like you know a lot right. most and not even just that one but most movies I consider the best these days are just like oh that's problematic or I don't like that. But mm. that's kind of why because it just gets my brain working. It gets mm. some conversation going. Right, like Aquamanai, which is in my opinion the greatest rap album of all time. Has a terrible song on it. Mm. What song? Papacito. Oh yeah. I don't like. That. I don't like that song. I don't. I don't. That's a skip. That's a skip. That's a skip. Yeah, that's a and, skip. And in my opinion, that record is perfect. So like you're, and I love it, but I don't. I don't believe in blindly yeah. loving something. And friend of the show and Tume Gant was pointing out to us the other day that that capitalism is willing to bash itself to mm-hmm. sell itself. Mm-hmm. So so. We can we can have all of these, you know, revolutionary comic books by Disney. It's 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 they're an oligarchy. It's aestheticization. It's aesthetic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're 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 an they're they're an oligarchy, and when they start their own streaming service, which they're starting to do, and I have no question that they'll like resurrect those shows that just got canceled mm-hmm. on their own thing. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like it's um. They can print their own Netflix, money. Netflix is, you know, 
there are, there are different motives to what people are doing. Like, why, were, why would you, you need to produce your own IPs for your own platform if Disney is going to, like, separate and have, you can't have, you know, like, you got to develop all this shit. What are you going to spend? You're going to spend millions of dollars promoting someone else's IP and they're going to pull it off your platform in, like, a year or two or whatever? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, no. I mean, we all know Disney is ruthless. Like, Disney wants to control it all. They like, want to control the world. They bought yeah. Fox and yeah. no one cares. Yeah, yeah. No one cares about that, but that's yeah. so problematic. Mm-hmm. Like the the and it's like promote that promote keep their TV shows on there so that they buy you, or do you try to like <laughs> build your own? You know, uh, you know they're probably already owned. And I was saying like the other day that, <laughs> that Netflix proprietary data, Google proprietary data, and Pornhub proprietary mm-hmm. data are so, probably some of the most valuable mm-hmm. proprietary data in the world, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, my my partner, she she was filming Henry Kissinger the other day because he was For real? he was at NYU <laughs> and she was taking pictures. Holy and shit. and he was saying that time. yeah, and and there were people yelling that he was a that he was a hero. Some mm. people that are yelling he's a war criminal, mm. and and she was just documenting. And he, he he was saying that that the scariest thing is actually when the robots take over mm. because that's like or when we use robots in the next world war. Mm. That that are, that every that when all of this all of this proprietary data that we're actively giving the cloud mm. will be used against us in in the robot wars. But I, my whole thing is is like, will machines, will machines like, or machine, will machine, or machines, view us the way we say, view. Um, whatever harmful bacteria or will machine machines understand us better or closer to how we understand bacteria now which is like balance is more important than you know complete yeah antibacterial soup is iatrogenic yeah creates more bacteria yeah I don't know I fucking my head up (laughs) um so I get, I like I guess I guess Marvel doesn't reach out that much after. Oh <laughs> no! I had a great idea for another Batman story today, actually. Um, well, and don't, this don't, one, don't don't say it. I won't. I won't say oh, it. But okay. I had like a really good one today for Batman. Yeah, I already have one, and I had another one today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I talked to. Would, I talked would to you them write him as a fascist or? Um, or, I don't or is that feel, I'm like, I don't feel I need to uh, retread familiar ground. Right. You know? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right? You know, that would just be like, you know, if I wanted to do a deternement of it, you know what I mean? Like, I could deterrent it by, like, just, you know, taking the graphics and, like, maybe uh, recontextualizing the things that they've already done in a way that makes you question what it is. I don't necessarily need to do that, but I feel the greater problem for me would be to explore the inherent paradoxes in the character, you know? Right. And I, I, mean, I have a couple. Yeah, I have a couple of ways. It's interesting, because I haven't enjoyed a mainstream comic, I think, since, like, when Jeff Johns first started doing Green Lantern, because mm. it felt like what watching a billion-dollar movie would look like. Because, mm. like, the, it was like, oh, this is what a they they... And it was like such a comic book, mm. or like how what I like about Prince of Cats, mm. and we'll see how it translates. Was that it was it was so much a mm. comic book. It was its art mm. form, is what is what 
Alan Moore has been trying to say, but I think he's mm. overrated. Yeah, I said mm. it, guys. <laughs> Alan Moore's overrated. I tried to read Jerusalem. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a big book, isn't it? Yeah, I tried. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I, I finished Infinite Jest, so I've, I've read big books. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't know, dude. Mm. But you know, like, every, you take everything as its own. And and Green Lantern was such a fun comic book because I was like, this is what you can do with comic books. Mm. You can you can have gigantic space battles. And like these like super psychedelic stuff, mm. or or you you worked on Profit, mm. which was that was a great sci-fi mm. comic book, and uh, where it's like oh this this is this is a power of the medium, mm. like what it's like to have different artists to draw different points of views. Yo, I dead ass can't remember what's Profit right now. It's blowing my mind. <laughs> which one was that? So so in the nineties, Rob Liefeld created a bunch. Of ah, I did an issue of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and so he created this comic book, and then they decided to restart it, yeah. um, and number it. They mm. used the original numberings, so it's still going. So it's still going. Wow, that's. And, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. About yeah, it. that's cool. And it was it was clones or something, and so each clone had a different artist. Mm. So there's an episode where you right. where you were a different clone. Yeah. And I, I like, read some of the things that I needed to read to kind of like, uh, Brandon Graham gave me like a little like bible and some notes and i mm. talked to him like about what i wanted to do you know so it was very it was very nice to just be able to, like okay i'm gonna play with this little thing but i didn't really um i had when i was a kid i had like um what's the name of the like young blood or whatever i think yeah when I first came out i had like those issues back when you just like motherfuckers would have comics they just didn't even really read like mm. it's just oh i'm saving this for later yeah, I wasn't a. I, had I didn't some have some comics when I was yeah. a kid, but there were definitely those like who just collected them. Cause, oh, it's going to be worth money something. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Just yeah. had that like they yeah. never opened, read it. Yeah, I just yeah. read. Those were comics to look at, right? Like it wasn't well because they they when they started Image, they grabbed all the artists. They didn't grab the writers. Right, right. Mm. So it wasn't till like Alan Moore took over Supreme or. There was there was the maps there mm. like there wasn't like the first year of image had writing that wasn't always note, note to self note to self um, allegory of the forming of image comics as an allegory for workers revolutions. <laughs> mm. um, I was like, come on, they did though, and it that doesn't mean I'm so glad they did it though yeah, yeah, because because yeah. they. Cause they but it was it was radical. It was radical, but yeah. but conversely, yeah. uh, Todd McFarlane then eventually got sued by Neil Gaiman and other artists because he was he wasn't giving people uh, royalties which were promised. Really? Yeah. Neil was working for Image. Neil Neil created Angelica okay. and Medieval Spawn and some other characters. Okay. For so Todd McFarlane was hiring creators to do different episodes mm. issues. So there was an issue where he meets Cerberus by that dude mm. who's like, right? Oh, that that, that guy yeah, is yeah. that guy's out of his mind. Uh, I'm sh- I'm sure he's um, in his mind. He's in his mind. Yeah, he's, but he's trapped. He, he's he has trapped he had David Sims. Mm. He has followers. Mm. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they were into Comicsgate because mm. because they have. Yeah. It's just like this fragile, you know, like this fragile egos. Yeah, man, masculinity, like just holding on to this notion of like. This notion is like, man, most of the world is willing to pretend and like live live in your fantasy about like who you are and what your masculinity is, but still you're you're 
you're getting tight about it. It's like, fam, like a good portion of the world recognizes your identity of who you think you are as a man, which is made up. Yeah. And you're still not good with that. Well, like, you still need for, like, everybody to recognize, like, this is the only way it is, right? Like, and not, and not recognize that this is your little fucking performance, but right? That's, but that's true that privilege. That is killing, that is destroying the planet. I mean, it's, it's true privilege <laughs> right. to be like, I'm privileged and you can't tell me that I'm privileged. Mm. And you can't present any other vision of me mm. that, that makes me feel any type of way ever. Mm. You know? Yeah. Well. But so yeah, the first few episodes of Spawn had writers for hire. Mm. And there was a promise that that the writers were gonna receive royalties mm. and other things. And they didn't. And yeah, Neil Gaiman sued and won. Sued Tom Yeah, I know Neil has a lawyer. Yeah. yeah, and it's he was right. able he was able to get Miracle Man back because mm. he wanted he just wanted to publish mm. the his issues that he had never done, and then he sold Miracle Man to Marvel Comics. Mm. So, Marvel Man, Miracle Man. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. It was like some English comic that everyone pretends is the greatest thing but never okay. read. You know, okay. there's a lot of things where people are like, oh yeah, it's genius, but they actually mm. never read it. Right. Um, I'm like, man, I'm just kind of you know. I'm on my like, you know, there are people who make things together in a way that's like, it's not even two people. Like if you're looking at like, well, I don't know how it happened. I don't know how those old Stan Lee, like fantastic, not even the early fantastic four, but like some of like getting a little bit past a little bit, like, you know, some of those Jack Kirby joints, like, it's like, wow, is this two people? Cause this is weird. Like, this is like some sort of a weird combination and it's like that maybe is a precedent for you know a cartoonist being formed from like multiple people and like the colorist you know like the colorist is like some woman who's like over here just like going in making these weird psychedelic 60s like quintessential you know pop culture images right and Kirby's also one of the greatest yeah but like for the vast I think the vast majority is like it's a type of comics like I think that corporate comic shit is like you know it's as much cheese as like American cheese is. You know what I mean? Like as opposed to like whatever, you know, some farmer is out there just like, oh well, I'm gonna make this cheese. And it's like, wow, okay, so this is like I thought you were about to say some farmers I'm gonna make this comic book. Cause no, I, wanna, no. I wanna read a comic book by a farmer. Yo, I was talking to I don't know, were they from Venezuela? Like they were talking I met this cat at in um at TCAF, really cool dude, and he was talking to me about comics in Latin America. And he was talking about how they were making comics to kind of tell the story of like farmers and like, you know, people outside of the city. And I was like, wow, this sounds really interesting. But it's like, you know, you're at a convention and you meet like a thousand people and like you maybe have an email back and forth. And then like before you know it, it's just like, but now that I'm thinking about how many unread emails do you think you have right now? I don't even know, man. And it's like at a certain point, you got to be discerning. You got to be okay. Well, it's like when you're writing and you right. start to cut out the things and you're like, oh, well, that was an entire or even before you start to write and like a story exists nebulously mm. as like multiple things. Mm. And it's almost like when they talk about uh, subatomic particles, like whatever they're 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 in multiple states before you see them. And then when you see them, they become like. <laughs> like that for that moment or whatever and that's kind of how the story is that's kind of how these emails are it's like you know at a certain point I'm just kind of like well I'm going to write this email 
So those 10 emails are never going to get written. You know what I mean? So, and it could be, it could be about comics or work, but it could also be about like, well, shit, this person that you knew from high school that you don't talk to no more, like this, that, and third, it's like, well, I ain't never going to talk to them because like, I don't know. I got homies out here. I got work emails I got to send. Yeah, I, I have trouble connecting with people that don't live here. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're here, um, even if they're my best friend, like, you're here, let's hang out all the mm-hmm. time. Let's be there. Mm-hmm. If you're far away, I trust you. Mm-hmm. I trust you not to change You'll get up and I'll see you. Yeah, yeah I'll see you. Mm-hmm. Like, I get, I can't. It's I, I know the limits of my I got friends life. all around the world like that, though. You right. know? And sometimes they do change a bit. And it's like, oh, well, you see what it is. And, like, it is what it is. And it's like, you know. Sometimes you're invested in someone and like who they are and their trajectory. Right. But like honestly, if someone's trajectory changes so much that like I'm no longer invested in it, then it's like that's okay. Like you it's know, it's totally okay. That's we're getting that's, older. Yeah. You know. So what are you what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, speaking of around the world, mm-hmm. you did you did the art for the box set of Zatuichi. Yeah. Criterion collection. Yeah, yeah. So. I assume you're you're into Chambara cinema. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Cause, cause <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I never like to make assumptions, mm. but I see I see some styles mm. in the art, and mm. you've posted yeah. some some grams about it. I, I mean, I like first of all, I love historical fiction. Okay. And like, I think some of the best or like the most voluminous cinematic, you know, just like that's some shit they've been doing for a long time, like. I wish we had that, like, you know, um, I love, here's a movie that maybe, you know, it's got its problems, but I love, is like The Duelist, right? Mm-hmm. Really Scott's first film, right? I yeah, love that. Really I could watch, I could watch those films, I could watch films like that forever. Japan has, like, a grip, and a lot of them are amazing, right? So, like, you know, it's, you have a genre, it's like, there's, you know, there's this thing that, it's almost like dance, right? It's almost like dance, it's almost like ballet. You know it's going to happen. You know the sword's gonna come out, and yeah. you know like that's part of the formal mode is that they're gonna be doing this stuff, and you get to watch how each director or whatever wants to film that, or like what role it plays, like how long they last, like sometimes they're very minimal. You know, every you see maybe one of your favorite performers, like oh that guy knows how to die. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know, so I love it, and also it's just like man, the dress, the costumes, like something about the visual space like um in a lot of the chambara because like you have these rooms and these rooms are like squares and then like you know you have a space where people are sitting and it's like you have the way space is kind of broken up you just have a lot of interesting things you can do with it and like i love that i wish for i wish there were as many like say um colonial history films um you know 18th century uh, revolutionary or even slave or whatever the fuck genre films as and treated as such treated with such care as there are of like Chambara right like there's just or Jedi Geki and sure yeah not necessarily just you know right but so we have westerns we have westerns yeah. they don't always touch on everything mm-hmm. I remember when we first met you were, you were talking about developing uh, slave punk mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still on it. Yeah, yeah. Which was like... Slave, slave Punk is part of a cosmogony. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like a particular point in the history of my cosmogony. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if it's the Marvel Universe, it's like the Ronald Universe. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, it's still part of your world that yeah. you're... I mean, and when, I, when, when you told me about it, I was like, I can't wait to read this. I mm. can't wait to see where it goes. It makes sense. Mm. 
the you know because often times like historical fiction doesn't always talk about the hard things mm. or the difficult things. Those are the best things, though. The difficult like, things are the best. Yeah. You know what I was really into when I was in school was, um, like, high school and junior high school. And where, where did you go to? I went to um, Bless you. Montrose, which was a Baptist school in Maryland, Rockville, Maryland. And then for junior high, I went to, like, this really weird school called Tree of Life School, which is, like, a weird, like... Messianic Jewish school. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you are you a Messianic Jew? No, no, no. Okay. But like you know, I I know because that's because that's a because that's a that's a that's an interesting movement. Yeah. You know what that's like when you see in the sore in a chambara right, and a guy does like a weird stance, and you're like, wait a minute, are you like what what school is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like that's which is crazy because like this is like my lens on. This is my lens on. It's weird because it's a weird, it's a weird, not deliberate deconstruction of Christianity and Judaism, right? Yeah. Because it's like it's you know, it it almost it casts a weird, it casts a questioning light, and it, like so if you just grew up Baptist, it's like oh everybody believes your, you know in your circle goes with your fantasy. Maybe you meet atheists or whatever, and they call that into question. If you grow up like you know. Jewish, like, you know, you got that, it's like, you know, you know, like, there's either or. In this environment, it's like, okay, so when you meet Christians, or when you meet Jews, and then you tell them about what this is, they're like, wait. Hey, what? What, right? What? And so, like, I think it was a good, and it was like, yo, they were super serious about it, which I'm not, you know, I'm not going to shit on anybody's shit, but, like, it gave me a different sort of critical framework on a lot of the stuff I grew up with, which is, like, Christianity, and also a new and unique way of interacting with like actually one of the cats Nate Mendelssohn who moved out to Australia is still like that's maybe my oldest second oldest friend and he moved out to Australia he's not really in that but I think his father still is like a, a pastor in that shit yeah 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 so Messianic Judaism is like it's not Judaism mm -hmm. it's not Christianity mm -hmm. it's sort of Jews for Jesus but yeah. Jews for Jesus would be yeah. a type of Messianic yeah, Judaism yeah, yeah. not necessarily yeah, like a, a, a group within a it. group within yeah. it right Right. All all Jews for Jesus are Messianic Jews. Not all Messianic Jews are Jews for Jesus. Yeah. It's almost like this... What, is, what do they call them? Um, it's almost like Gnostics or something. Like it's like right. a, It's a Gnosis in yeah, a way. It's yeah. like someone who comes from a, a maybe... You know, like, because really the real sort of Messianic Jews were all killed, like, early on in, like, Rome. <laughs> yeah, that, that was actual yeah. Gnosticism. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they would have been, they were just, you know. And then people wrote stories about them afterwards, right? Yeah, they wrote, yeah. They wrote comic books. Yeah, yeah. About, about characters. <laughs> or, um, as the rapper Ill Bill said, uh, Jesus Christ was a gangster rapper. Mm. They killed him, came back, and he made a platinum album. <laughs> You know, so yeah. um, oh, so that's where I went to school. Okay, but I was into medieval shit. Medieval stuff, and then you think medieval's cool, then you see samurais. Yeah, you're like, like wow. samurais. Sa I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. Like samurais are so much cooler than knights. Like I like knights, but but I don't know. I like the I like the romantic. But so when you think the about romanticism knights, of violence, but that's also but that's also like a like I think knights are more boring when you approach them from like a Eurocentric white supremacist uh, lens, right, way sure. of thinking. Because when you start to think about them, it's like, wow, okay, so Rome fell, mm -hmm. right? And like Rome was 
in North Africa, was like in Asia, like it was, you know, all over the place. And now these motherfuckers are just like, they're just a bunch of hillbillies out in the middle of nowhere trying to put their shit back together, right? And then you have motherfuckers who also have advanced, you know, and they're, they're like indigenous people. It's like, imagine if, like, imagine if the United States kind of like failed in like the um, 17th century and just like indigenous folks got a chance to kind of try to put their shit back together. It's like kind of how, oh, how I like think about it. You know what I mean? And like, so they have all of their culture and shit. They've been influenced by things from all over the world. You know, like we're, you know, we're starting to see now that like, you know, uh, no, you know, like that Norseman they found with like the ring with like the um, Allah on, on yeah. it or whatever. You no, know, I love, they found yeah, like the Chinese people. We've, the, we've talked the on the show about, about the Viking mm-hmm. net and also, yeah, the fact that there definitely were African Vikings mm-hmm. and Vikings. I'm, I can watch, I can watch or read stuff about Vikings all day. It's, it's the nights I'm like, it's like, it's, but they're the squares though. Like the Vikings are kind of just like the, they're going around, they're visiting those places. Like, they're they're sacking Paris, you know what I mean? Like they're they're moving around like they're the graffiti writers. Yo, I heard something about like a lot of them ended up in like Eastern Europe and like they have some connection with the Slavs or whatever. Like I heard a whole bunch of wild shit about Vikings. I love that shit. I don't think you really get to detach it from you know like you know the Franks, the Gauls, like the Goths, like all of that shit is super interesting. And then I'm like you know the development of their culture and like before you know it, it's a bunch of guys. In tin cans, you know what I mean? Like, tin then cans. somebody like comes out with an arrow, and it's like, yo, you're like all of that cultivation is useless. Against, <laughs> against, against this. you know. And then give it a hundred years, and they've got on white wigs and like frilly, you know, like crazy. I love that. That shit's and then, crazy, and then man. Four hundred years later, they make rap albums about right. the white hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I love all of that. I love that. I love the Chinese shit too. Speaking of white hair, you got like Pai Mei, Bak Mei, you know, like sure. all of that, like the Han. All I love, I love the history shit. I just particularly love the aesthetic sort of approach to the Japanese history in the cinema. Sure. Like just. And you, you, so you, you've done Criterion Collection for, for Zadoichi and. Uh, Franju. Franju. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how did that come about? Because that was awesome. Um, yeah, I was just. Uh, Eric um, Skillman, yeah, yeah, at Criterion, yeah, he's the art director. He reached out and yeah, um, Eric, you know, he took me to task, man. He had me do that box is crazy. Like, have you seen it? It's like, it's, yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Criterion guy. I don't. Back when I was in physical media, it was like my goal. Like it was like like I I got up close to three hundred spines because wow. yeah, but I stopped buying yeah, yeah. Criterions, but um. Yeah, no, I'm also Kino Kino Lorber is yeah is the company that I like for tangible media right now. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but they've been doing their thing for a they, long time. Kino too. has like the um, they have a lot of uh, Asian cinema. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kino Lorber kills it. I mean, they all they all do a great job. Um, but shit, what was the movie that we love? Personal problems just came out. Oh, Kino you know what? They were playing at Metrograph. I didn't get to see it. I saw it. It I did the rounds. It played at Metrograph. I saw it at Metrograph, Munich, which is where I saw it. Okay. Um, uh, it was. Bam. It's yeah. You know, um, it's cause, DV cause, though, so I can watch it on my TV. That's not going to spoil yeah, the experience. No, no, no. Um, no the exp- I really loved watching the theater because I loved watching people leave. I loved mm. people getting confused mm. at it. 
because this is very long. I think it's no, three very, hours yeah. and change. Okay. So it's something. I think the reason why it's good to see it in theaters because it keeps you honest. Mm. It keeps you from looking at your phone. Right. Because I think it's one of the most. You know, because we, were, you and I were talking about Ganja and Hess, mm-hmm. that it's a film you like. Yeah, yeah. And so Bill Gunn directed three movies, mm. but he's still like one of the architects of like Zebra's, some of our favorite stuff. Even though one movie you can't even watch, mm. and one movie just came out to be watched for the first time in thirty What's years. What's the third one? I forgot what it's called, okay. but it's like, you know, and he he wrote <coughs> he wrote the landlord. I have some of the plays, yeah. Yeah, he wrote plays, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it would be awesome. People started. Oh, the landlord, the one that takes place in Park Slope. Yeah. Wow. The first, the first Hal Ashby movie. Random, yeah, first Hal Ashby movie, early Bo Bridges movie, yeah. and one of the two kids who steals Bo Bridges' hubcaps is Charlie Murphy. Wow. He's, a kid that, he's in that movie. He's one of I want to see. Kids. That's a hard one to find on on the streaming or whatever. Too. That movie. Did, it, it, it's you, on. It's on a particular streaming yeah. thing in, you, in seven parts that uh, you can watch. So. so up until seven years ago, you know how I saw that movie for the first time. A friend of mine who was still working in one of the last video rental mm. places would have screenings on Saturday nights. Wow. Where for five bucks. You just watch a rare movie, and then they would sell you $3 PBRs, nice. and it was fucking awesome. So I had seen that movie, which I would have never seen before. Then it was on Netflix for a short time, mm. but that was one of those, I think... I got it on Netflix back when you would get it um, in the... Because they made a remake. Yeah. I mean, not a remake. Oh, they made... No, not a remake. Um, reprint? They reprinted it yeah. for a short time, yeah. and Hal Ashby is one of my favorite American filmmakers, mm. if not my favorite American filmmaker. Oh, wow. So... Uh, I've tried to watch all of his movies. Some, some. I've only seen that one in uh, Maud. Harold and Maud. Maud is yeah, a yeah. classic. Uh, Being there, you never saw Being there. Uh, oh, that's the last detail. That the last detail. All right. Shampoo. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Coming home, uh, which is like one of the best movies about the war, ever. I need to just get on my uh, get on my rig later and see what I. Can he's see. he's a dude who whose whose socialism made him a little. Unpopular, right? Yeah, because his last few movies were were like he he, he was hard for him to to mm-hmm. get work. Um, <clears throat> I am not trying to. I'm not trying to. You know, like I want to take care of like my people. Like I'm. I feel like I've you know, I've done the sort of uh, housing peril sort of. When I when I think we met, I may have been on Beach's couch. Yeah, yeah. You, know you were I mean? about to do a residency. Oh, in France. Yeah. Yeah, so I might have been on Beach's couch. Because, like, I didn't... I, what happened is I was in Bushwick. I was an artist in, like, an artist residence. And, uh, like, one of those, you know, it's not an artist residence. It's just, like, artist housing. But it's really just them quartering up, like, one of these big things. And I was in there with a bunch of kids. Like, cool cats. Like, my homie, uh, he was somewhere else. So, like, he gave me the deal to, like, kind of live there for a little bit pay like not a whole bunch of rent and when that kind of fell through and I didn't get hardly any work done there and I was depressed because Prince of Cats went out of print and like I didn't get any royalty checks from it um and I'm like yo did you not print enough for me to even like sell through and for it to make a profit it was weird um they messed up on that one that's my opinion so then I was crashing on my homie's couch for like a season. I did I did the um, Zatoichi on his couch. 
I did um, that Marvel job on his couch. I did a Nike job on his couch for like the football thing or whatever, like um, a little web comic for Facebook or whatever. I did a whole bunch of work on his couch and then black dynamite pencils I did on his couch. Like, and then I split, I went out to um, France and I was like, I was gone for three months. When I came back, I, I crashed in Vesta. But like, yeah, so that's when, yeah, that must've been when we met. But I'm done with that shit, man. I'm like, yo, if if lightning strikes, like I'm trying to take this bread, I'm trying to like motivate it to a point where I don't want to have another sad radical story. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not with I th- it. I think, I mean, I think Prince of Cast is going to be big. I yeah, do. I hope so. I do. Yeah. And I think, I think when people get to know you, they're, they're going to like you. Mm. Or at least have an opinion about you. Yeah, no, which and, is I'm cool with. Yeah, <laughs> like no one, no one's indifferent about me. Right. And I, and, I, and I'm like, oh, that's great. Like, yeah. like people either like, oh, I love him or mm. that dude is obnoxious or that dude is obnoxious. I love him, mm. which is, which is probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably most people. I'd be remiss. I don't mind that. I, yeah. I'd be remiss to ask because we ask all of our viewers mm. uh, if you ever broke break danced and uh, your five favorite rappers. Okay. Um, not in any serious way, breakdancing. I got a little bit of a, you know, I got a little bit of a robot. I've done a backspin or two, but I'm not like, I'm not serious enough to have hurt myself. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, five favorite rappers? Yes. Um, you already know that Doom is on that list. And also, so you don't get, it could be a rapper within a group too, because sometimes that gets people okay. like, well, he's in a group, so I don't consider him, but he can be an amazing rapper. So right. like, no, include like, that person Pasta, Pasta News <laughs> is one of my favorite rappers. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Doom, Three Stacks, uh, Most, or Yasin, Yasin Bey, uh, two others. Hmm. Like, it's just, it's hard because, like, uh, when I think favorite, I think about, like, who I will listen to, I could listen to at any moment. Right. Like, if they drop something, I would check them out. And I might not even have five. Nope. Hmm. I have other ones that I symbolically feel that way about, right? Like, I would say... The the next two would be Missy Elliott and Cool Keith, because I feel like that's an amazing top. When I was outside waiting to come inside, <laughs> I was listening to Cool Keith's album that he did with La Ranch. Uh, literally, that's what was playing in my headphones before. Matthew I came too. Here, so it's the, I don't I don't know anything about Matthew. I, I do. But I wish I did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, slept on record. I, I appreciate when people are like, I can't do the top five because for me it just keeps opening doors. Oh, if I said this person, like I say like right. I'm big on like I have a top four. Like but I'm into the doors. To I'm into opening the doors, not the band doors. But it's almost for a minute. I was like, oh, hey, it's almost point. It's like oh, then I can't do it because then I have a lot of because. Yeah, I just come from a standpoint of I wasn't even allowed to listen to rap until late in the game. Mm-hmm. Then when I could, I had to play catch up to all my friends. Mm-hmm. So I got really, I still am obsessive with like, I'm one of those guys that there's no shame in. I listen to all kinds. I mean, I'm from Amherst, so mm-hmm. Dinosaur Juniors, whatever. Mm-hmm. But rap music was just like, in, in my 20s, it hit me. It's like, if you only listen to 
like Norwegian death metal that's like cool and niche. If you only listen to jazz, that's cool and sophisticated. Mm-hmm. If you only listen to like if you only listen to rap, that's the only stimulus. Oh, you're so close minded when you mm-hmm. only listen to rap music. Yeah. So in not genuinely I love it, but that made me like, no. Primarily all that I listen to is rap and hip hop music. Mm-hmm. And there's some and, and that it's beautiful and complicated mm-hmm. it doesn't I mean we all know why anytime rap music doesn't get credit it's because brown people are associated with it and they're just not mm-hmm. giving the credit so that's why I'm I, I it's funny you know it, I think it's hard for me to do lists because I get there's so much like my, well also my know. list changes my list changes that too that's month. exactly that, you know, that too that, that who, too. whoever I said my top five was on this show a year ago is not who my like my top five today would be like uh, Kid Cudi mm-hmm. Mach Hami um, Mach Hami Ka most deaf and doom because yeah. those are who I'm listening to <laughs> mm. right now. I want to hear, yeah, I want to, you know, like I definitely, yeah, I definitely every once in a while I'll get somebody and I'll be like, yo, I'm just listening to them all the time. Right now, oh, look at my glasses got stuck in my head. Right now, I'm not, um, I'm not really fucking with any rap on heavy rotation. So, like, mm. that's why. New, have you heard the new car record? No. Oh, well, it's, it's excellent. So I'm gonna get into it. Yeah, I think you would uh, dig, dig Makami also yeah. if, if you're not into. He's nah, very nah, really. ed, like esoteric street ignorance. This esoteric street Brilliant. dude from Newkirk, yeah. not Newkirk, Newark. Excuse me, Newark, Newark, New Jersey, by the way of Haiti. But, yeah, but yeah. <clears throat> has been putting out like two or three records a year. Holy shit! That but for like a thousand dollars, he'll sell them for a thousand bucks on Bandcamp, yeah. and um, that's dope. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I like it. I might not buy it. I might not buy it. I like it. That that to me deserves some time, depending on what side of the bed I wake up on, it deserves the same criticism of Hamilton. This is hip hop music. Oh. So who has a thousand dollars to buy this rap music? But at the same time, hey, if you know your worth mm-hmm. and he saw that's the thing, his album Haitian Body Odor sold out and these were a thousand dollar physicals and he sold out of them. And it's just like I love knowing that. Because I'm someone who, yeah, when you work the 95, I love people who can, like, live off of their art. There's nothing that, like, there's nothing that I love more than, like, people living off of their art. The pricing uh, is commiserate to, like, you know, probably how much he he makes, how much labor he puts into it, and Mm. it helps him to create more. Also, for me, like, okay, so this newspaper is, like, a little bit, my newspaper is 20 bucks, right? And it's like, yo, it's a fucking newspaper, right? It should be what? It should cost like a quarter or some shit. It's like, no, this is what it costs. L-A-A-B? Yeah, 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 yeah. Lab. So, you know what? But I wasn't sure we, how to we put it out. Like, I think we got, I don't know, we got maybe like 500 left. Mm-hmm. We got like 500 left. Once they're out, fucking Xerox some shits, man. Like, put them on the internet. I don't give a fuck. Like, I made the money. You made the money, right. I made the money that I needed to make to, you know, like... Pirate the shit out of that shit. Like, I hope this yeah. record is a thousand bucks. Like, yo, if I paid a thousand bucks, I'm gonna have a listening party. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might make some dubs. You know what I mean? Which is funny you say that because yeah. he got all. Well, <laughs> my commie's an intimidating guy. I don't want him to know that. But, like, I've uh, Scott got all of my commie music from me. Although, I like the fact, though, on the flip side, his last two albums, one was 40 bucks. Mm. Which I paid for, and it made me sit with it because I'm, you know, ten dollars an album. Right. You know, yes. but like when you have a four dollar, like no, this is all I'm listening to, for the most part for like two weeks straight because mm-hmm. I want my money. I really, I paid forty dollars. Mm-hmm. I could have got four albums mm-hmm. or or more. Mm-hmm. You know, so I do like the expensive album because it makes you. It's like art. Mm-hmm. Well, so like people. when I when I buy comics, I read them. Mm-hmm. When I'm given them on my Kindle or whatever, mm-hmm. I might not read them. Mm. Or I may not sit with them, mm. but there, I put I put worth into it because we live in a capitalist society, so it's impossible to not equate worth with mm. cost. Mm. So, but I think what you're yeah, saying is like yeah. 
once once I've once I've gotten that bag, you can do whatever the fuck you yeah. want. I never thought about that. I actually appreciate that more because he like he's someone too who's just like he's never gone on a social. He's he's weird and mysterious, but he's never been like don't pirate my music. I never thought about it. like those who can pay a thousand dollars and have yeah awesome. And if like, you can't, then if you find a means to get it, get yeah. it. I never actually looked at it that, like that Rock way. Rock Marciano mm. charges more money for his digital than his physical. Hmm. Yeah, which is to me a, makes you be like, oh, buy the physical, mm. or like he knows his worth, mm. and I think that's I think that's awesome. Also, I remember when I was a kid, when I when I was a teenager, if I would find a, a rare record that me and my friends had always wanted, we would have a party. Mm. Like I found the record, right? Let's mm. listen to yeah. it. Mm. Like you know, or if you read um, the liner notes to Nirvana Incesticide, mm. he talks about like finding this rare album and then finding tr- through finding the artist. Mm. Which, which, it's there's like both the mystique to it, and but it's also fun that 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 that's a way to do it. Or Flaming Lips put out a record called Zyrica that involved four. You need four bo- yeah, yeah, four yeah, boomboxes yeah. to listen to. <laughs> it, so it was it was a CD, mm. but there was four CDs. So all the multi tracks were done on wow. different CDs. So you'd have to get together with a bunch of friends and mm. a bunch of boomboxes and press play at the same time. They tested um, it out. They had. I don't want really to call them com- like upgraded listening parties. They would take like the multiple boom boxes in a room with people and play them at the same time, which is a fun experience. It's new. It's something Cause, different. Because then they tried. They also tried something like really wild, where they where they had a party where where there were thirty cars mm. and each car had a different cassette, and they had to press play at the same time. That didn't work. Mm. That was too much chaos. Right. But. I do like turning like it, it into a party where you can just share the art with each other and, and have a good time. I don't understand people that like want to collect and then keep it to themselves. Because mm, yeah, no, I believe in sharing. I believe... That's what I love about books. It's yeah. like, you know, that's why I it's buy like, a book. book. I read it. Yeah, yeah. I don't if need I, it anymore. Yeah. If I, if I really like a book, I want to have it. Because, not because... Yeah, every once in a while there's maybe a piece of language I want to pick up or like I might pick it up again, but... Also, when I have a book, it's like I can't share. A, I mean, I, you can share a PDF, but like, you know, I can't share my Kindle. You know, it's like, no, but if I'm, you know, I'm reading this when I finish this, I got, I know the homie I'm going to give it to. Like I had another John I just passed off too. you know, like I, and I love that aspect. And it's like, yo, now we're experiencing. It's like, it's what's beautiful about the cinema when you're in the room with a f- full of people. It's like, okay, you're sharing this thing together. It's like one of the only ways you can do it with cinema, right? Um... I mean, they can go at different times or whatever, but um, that's what's great about books. What's great about comics is like you're sharing an intimate experience. And I think there's something definitely about uh, the medium um, when it's on paper that does that. I think the digital, I'm not going to... Also, there's DNA, mm. literal DNA. Like my fingerprint, like that book that I gave you mm. has my fingerprints all over mm. it. Like I, I interacted with it mm. and then you interact with it and you give it to someone else. And then so there is that sort of connection. Yeah, you're passing time off. Yeah, yeah. And, like PDFs and, doesn't have the smell of the owner, right. yeah, for yeah. better or worse. That's true. There's some stinky kids. That's true. I definitely open a book and it's like, you know, you got like, you got the book that's been in a library. It's like the mushroom smell. Yep. Then you yep. got the book that's like been the in somebody's house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Old like person phone, book. Yeah, there's yeah. a phone number in it or mm-hmm. like lines underneath. Yeah, or yeah. Something, like little things yeah. like that. Or like, yeah, yeah when, when you buy it, when you buy a used record that clearly hasn't been taken out of the plastic mm. in a long time and you smell the dust of the paper because mm. my you know my favorite genres of music are, are rap and jazz fusion so 
both both have a strange vinyl culture. Mm. In my opinion, overrated vinyl culture. Don't at me. Mm. At me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, but it's fun to take out the records and give it give a smell. Mm. So, where where are we? Oh, we are at wow. Uh, over uh, ninety eight minutes. All right. Okay. So, okay. I, I think it, I think it's we're gonna we're gonna start winding down. Okay. A yeah. Sure. Because I'm getting hungry too. Yeah, yeah. No. I liked when I was like, hey, can I bring you anything? You're like a uh, chopped cheese and a right. pub soda. <laughs> but I was so afraid to get the bad chopped cheese. Yeah. No. 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 And Marcus you know, has it's never a treat had too. I'm not supposed to have them. So like, Marcus yeah. hasn't had ever. Oh, had I know a what they cheese. are. But I've never had. Yeah. So. It's it is like better than a Philly cheesesteak. No, no, I know. I know exactly all about what it is. I it's, just never. It's the great. It's better than a Philly mm-hmm. cheesesteak. It's yeah. better. Actually, I, I, I don't know. Why I was about to question because ham. I love hamburgers. So why Philly cheesesteaks can be great, mm. but when people use roast beef instead of the red meat, you um, got to ask that question. Yeah, you have to ask. Yeah, cats yeah. don't get a Philly cheesesteak for. Well, you get a sandwich at Cats or no, a at Cats. At Cats, but, you get you get a you get a pastrami cheesesteak. Which I've I never had that before. Oh, I dude, always I, I can, love that you. I always I'm like, is it, do you use is it? Do you use roast beef? At, like, at David, like, no, at David, at David's on Nostrand. Mm-hmm. You ever been to, been over there? So there, so there was this kosher pastrami house mm. that closed because the neighborhood like stopped being a very mm. Jewish neighborhood, and it got reopened by by some by some Muslim guys, and they make they make pastrami and brisket on Nostrand, and it's I heard of this place. Before. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. very good, mm. and they make they make a cheesesteak with pastrami. That's outrageous. I can't eat it because I'm not eating carbs right now. Right. But yeah, the chopped cheese is is a superior sandwich. It's it's, it's a perfect sandwich. It's it's savory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's one of yeah. Like my mouth is watering. Yeah. Yo, Cause, that because for two a.m. chopped cheese though. Yeah. Oh my god. No, I mean, because because it's helping you. Because it's you're at two a.m. You've probably imbibed yeah. a, a couple drinks. Yeah. So it's saving you. For the night and for the morning. Yeah. And for our listeners that don't know, it's like this stupidly zeitgeisty sandwich for no yeah. reason. But it's just like chopped up hamburger with cheese and onions. And then depending on who you talk to, mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato, onion. It's like an after school sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know if any of, any of you guys remember, I don't know if you had this experience where you're off on your own. Maybe your parents have other things to do. Like you're one of these kids who's maybe not watched a whole lot, which is like I was one of those kids. And like... Maybe you, you know, you squirreled away some quarters or like you got your little two, three dollars, whatever. You accumulated it. Maybe you sold toys. Maybe you sold something else. Like whatever. You got your little bit of money. And then it's like after school. Yeah. I'm going to go to whatever. The little shop. It wasn't called Bodega where I was from. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Some kind of shop. We're going to do this. And you're you're from the DMV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What I had is I used to, because I used to have to take the train. Your mumbo um, sauce? Yeah, we have mumble sauce. That stuff is so good. But like, so here's the thing. This is crazy. Mumble sauce is like when I was a kid. But like my quintessential uh, memory is there's this one summer where me and my cousin Marcel, I was staying with my great grandmother in D.C. Southeast. But like we would, he had summer school and I would go. And this is kind of like, I didn't realize how fucked up this was until very recently. But it's like I needed, you know, I was a... Well, I guess I would call, like, I never thought of it, but, like, yeah, like, a working class kid, so, like, I had to have a job. It was summer, like, if I wanted money, I had to have a job. So, we would take the train from Anacostia up to Rockville, which is where the school we went to. He would go to summer school, and I would clean the school. Like, I, that was my job. You know, How I would, old were you? It was junior high, so, like, it was between, like, 15. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 
we would get our little, um, you know, I would get my little money, and then afterwards we would go, like, there was this little shop that was in the Rockville train station, like, it was across, like, uh, this little, like, little bridge or whatever, and there was this little shop there that had, like, sandwiches, and then next to it there was, like, a pool hall, and, like, they had Street Fighter and G.I. Joe. They had Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition and a G.I. Joe arcade cabinet where you just run it. So, like, we get our little shit, you know, like, probably split a Snapple or whatever, split the sandwich, we get a little eat, whatever, a little bit, and then, like, put some quarters in the machine and just, like, yo, it was the best, just completely unsupervised. You know what I mean? And then we take the train, which was, like, maybe 45 minutes or so back to Anacostia. You know, like, it was just one of the best times, you know, just kids out on our own, just, like, wilding out. Yeah. yeah. Well, before we go, I want to say thank you very much for being yes, on the show. You you're much. you're welcome to come on whenever you want. Oh, word, man. We yeah. do a movie drop. You know, we do a little... Yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would be... That would be, be fantastic. Yo, yeah. I have a lot to talk about because I've never been on this... Uh, this involved in a production before. So yeah. you're you're involved in the production? Uh, yeah. Um, we hustled... Uh, Co-producer credits. I'll be like a oh. consultant, you know. Nice. Oh, that's great. So you know, you've, you've met with Lakeith and yeah, yeah. I met Lakeith once. We had dinner, but I talked to someone on occasion, mm. and like you know, yeah, I keep I throw them all. I throw them way too many, like movies. <laughs> like I'm all this shit that I kind of fed into, you know, Prince of Cats. Yeah, yeah. We talked. Yeah, but that's. I mean, yeah. you, the the work the work deserves to be synthesized mm. as you want it to. Mm. This is. You created something, and you know, even though as you said, it's a different world, mm-hmm. it's a different representation. But you started. Is any stuff that you're working on that you want to talk about um, to be on the lookout for? Lab Magazine is still out there. There's still some copies out there. We're about to go large. We got um, book distribution. I think on the f- like early December or late November. Mazel tov. Uh, thank you. Um, and I'm just still I'm hustling on my other projects like slowly but surely. Um, I don't even want to talk about them because I just want to put them out. Like, All right. you know, but yeah, just be friendly and patient. If you believe in my work, just be friendly and patient. It's coming. That's reasonable, yeah. right? Because sometimes like people get so impatient with creators. Like you'll see like someone who hasn't put out something in a mm-hmm. while. And they're like, it's like, just remember, like you're supporting this person, invest in them. Think not everything happens overnight. Mm-hmm. Like creating is really difficult. I'm also doing a bunch of shit just to pay the bills. Right. So like you know, well, once, people don't people yeah, don't know that nor appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I and I do it with the same engine that I do to make my work. So like the thing that I can do that you know has the highest market value is like the same thing that I do to create the work that you make. You know what I mean? Like so, right. if I take a job, it probably means I'm gonna be drawing and flexing my design muscles and thinking about all of the story and narrative that goes into like design that's the same muscle that i'm going to use when i go to write my stories when i score a movie i'm not also making other music right it's it's really difficult because Mm -hmm. i'm taking from that world Mm -hmm. and i and then i'm like i can be i have my own feelings about it because like i can't give it to anywhere else Mm -hmm. like creative energy isn't like you know making a sandwich Mm -hmm. it's like something you're drawing on something um, Unless you're very creative about making your sandwich, you know. Right. That, designing that, a sandwich, though, designing right? Designing a sandwich, yeah, right. Yeah. But but as we... I mean, I don't know. I think, like, you either do a chopped cheese or something with a chicken cutlet, and where do you go wrong? Mm, that's true. Well, there's, that's the thing that I think is beautiful about... I mean, I, I the think... The sandwich is America. Yeah. What do you mean? 
Like, like me so abstract. What? <laughs> like me so abstract. The sandwich is America. Yeah. Oh, you mean just like as the sandwich as a thing? Yeah. Hmm. We do, I think, sandwiches exceptionally well. I, I don't think there's a... I've been to a lot of places and you, like, no one puts, like, attention to sandwiches yeah. like we do. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ronald. <laughs> yeah. It's because you can do dirty things and keep your hands clean. <laughs> Lyrical, but really ain't true, I feel. Airtime's limited, hard rocks too.